Welcome to Pack Capital's Pack Recap. I'm Mike McClain. On this show, we're going to recap what's going on in the market and break down major financial concepts. All while having a little bit of fun along the way. All right. Well, welcome and thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Is the market fed up? I'm Mike McLean from Pack Capital, and let's dive right in. What's going on, and what does it mean for your portfolio? The drivers of today's price action has been a bounce from oversold conditions. Currently, we are seeing support U.S. equity markets, specifically the S&P 500, at around 2850. 2850's 28 been holding in over the last week, and that's about 16 times 178 EPS price target. What do I mean by that? EPS price target is what's the expected earnings per share of the company or index. And 16 is how many times forward are you going to pay for that earnings stream. So 16 times 178 gets you to about 2850. That 2850 is where market participants were comfortable paying for the S&P 500 earnings stream. Second is trade. White House is starting to temper some of its rhetoric regarding trade. Now that is positive for risk assets. Next is the Commerce Department can issue some exemptions for U.S. companies dealing with Huawei. The market's pricing in a likely probability that the Commerce Department will. And finally, earnings. Deere and NVIDIA last night had some positive earnings, which also helped push up risk assets. There's been a broad-based rally today. U.S. stocks, techs, banks, biotechs, transports are leading the way. While safe havens are also rallying, such as REITs and staples, they're not keeping up with some of their more aggressive counterparts. Looking at rates, we had an enormous rally in rates this week, specifically with the two tens curve inverting. That was a major risk-off signal for the market. Through today, rates are selling off a little bit. Two's tens spread has moved back into positive territory and is now trading at a positive five basis points. However, I like to look at three-month ten-year spread, which is still negative and has been negative since May. What do I mean by an inverted yield curve? An inverted yield curve means that yields on the longer end of the curve are lower than yields on the front end of the curve. So you can think of a treasury curve as different debt issuance by maturity. So if you have a one-month treasury bill, a five-year treasury note, and then a 30-year treasury bond, you plot each of those points as a yield, that will form a line. In a normal market, that line is upward sloping as you would expect more yield as you go further out the maturity. In this environment, specifically earlier this week, we had the two-year note yielding more than the 10-year treasury bond. That's a recessionary indicator, a very strong recessionary indicator. However, on average, we usually don't get a recession post that indicator for about 18 to 24 months. In fact, we usually see a rally after the curve inverts in the short term. Next week is shaping up to be one of the most important weeks of summer. We have the Fed minutes being released on Wednesday, the ECB minutes being released on Thursday. Currently, the market's pricing in September a 10 basis point cut by the ECB, as well as resuming a quantitative easing program to about 40 to 50 billion euro over a six to nine month period. In order to get a rally out of that September meeting, markets would really need to see about a 75 to 90 billion euro package come out over a time frame of about 12 months. The Jackson Hole speeches start on Friday, and that's really going to set up expectations for the Fed meeting. Currently, the market's pricing about a 25 basis point rate cut for the meeting. I think that they'll probably get it based on the data and what's happened right now regarding geopolitical risks. Also, Italy's no confidence vote, potentially on Tuesday. The Commerce Department issued an exception for U.S. companies to continue to deal with Huawei. Are they going to continue to grant that exception or not? The market's pricing a fairly good likelihood that they'll continue. 
If they don't, the market's not pricing that, and we'd get a risk-off move. So watch for that news coming out on Monday. Also, a trade with China. Will China resume agricultural purchases? The key here is to see if China resumes purchases of soybeans. Additionally, regarding trade with China, there's a couple things coming up on both sides that might put a little bit of pressure on these discussions and might resolve, at least on a headline basis, some of these issues. The first is 2020 U.S. presidential elections. The second item is October 1st is the 70th anniversary of the Chinese government. Next, risk assets really like when central banks are sitting in the market as a backstop, providing a lot of support to try and increase inflation in a growth environment that's still fairly strong. Liquidity. So we're in the summer doldrums with liquidity. A lot of market participants are not in the market. We're starting to see some more of the high-frequency strategies backing off from the amount of liquidity that they provide. Specifically, in the interdealer books, where in some markets, it's going to account for 80% of the liquidity. So what do we do in this market when central banks have really been propping up risk assets? Inflation's nowhere to be seen. Growth is still strong. Well, we look to see where the intrinsic value of the securities are versus where the market value is. This episode's podcast is entitled, Is the Market Fed Up? Absolutely risk asset probably globally is generally higher than intrinsic value. And I would argue this is due to the massive amounts of global stimulus coming from central banks. We can see examples of this when there's posturing from a central bank that the market didn't expect and we see a knee-jerk reaction of risk assets to the downside. As market participants start reducing the market price of a security to become more in line with the intrinsic value as government stimulus doesn't appear as attractive. So what do we do to position our portfolios? Well, on the equity side, because we are in a late stage cycle, probably looking at lower beta securities. Having said that, U.S. large cap stocks are fairly expensive here compared to U.S. small cap and mid cap. On the debt side, we really want to do our homework on the individual credits. There's really no free lunch here. And I know there's the old saying, a rolling loan generates no loss. When interest rates are low, companies can continue to refi at attractive rates, and market participants that are used to getting higher yields on their debt securities start moving down the capital structure into more high-risk securities. This does keep the debt market open to companies that might not be able to normally access it and keep those zombie companies in business. However, when interest rates do normalize and funding starts drying up, the bill comes due, and you don't want to be holding those. We're happy to talk about additional strategies that we're running in our client portfolios. Please see the website for our contact information, including email and phone. You can also book an appointment directly on the website. We'll talk to you next time at PAC Capital's PAC Recap. Thanks for listening in. Personal opinions are mine as of the date recorded, which may include details of current market conditions, which may fluctuate. PAC Capital does not assume any responsibility to update any forward-looking statements. Nothing in this episode constitutes tax, legal, or financial advice, is a security or strategy recommendation, or should be construed as an offer to buy or sell a security or any type of solicitation. No representation or warranty is expressed or implied by PAC Capital or guest as to the accuracy, completeness, or fairness of any information in this episode. Any liability as a result of this recording is expressly disclaimed. Copyright 2019. Pack Capital, LLC, all rights reserved.